Welcome to the Wandering Pilgrims podcast, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Courtney. And I'm Josh. And we figured that for this episode, since we just finished up a very lengthy discussion (laughs) series on Pilgrim's Progress, that it would be fun to kind of have a, uh, I don't know what to call it. Should we call it a summary episode or a rabbit hole episode? Just kind of going off of uh, where the story takes us and where it took us in particular and what we found the most interesting and got the most out of it, in case you guys are interested. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I guess I should say spoiler alerts one last time. So I guess with that being said, um, unless you want to sum it up anymore, but I (laughs) think we can kind of dive into our rabbit hole summary episode for Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, let's do it. So, so, weeds, discussion, <laughs> rabbit trail, rabbit hole mm. episode yep. on Pilgrim's Progress. Yep. I have no idea where to begin. <laughs> so, what, what in just the first couple chapters is something that stands out? Oh, no, 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 stood no. out to you? I'm asking thing, you. <laughs> I'm asking thing, you. One thing for me that... I, I kind of found humorous at the beginning, and then and then once I thought about it, I actually like understood why he was doing it and the the meaning behind it is when he's running away with fingers his fingers in his, in his ears. That is probably one of my top favorite parts <laughs> of the whole book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just get this hilarious mental picture image yeah. of this man running, running with his running fingers full in his ears. tilt. <laughs> Elbows out to the side, mm-hmm. running. You know, and then you you're like, oh, you you know, you're like, okay, it's it's funny, it's a funny image, mm-hmm. but he's it's it hurts. Yeah. What he's doing is painful. Very. He's leaving the people that he loves to forge this path For to them, go on hopefully. this journey. Yeah. And he knows that he has to do it. So yeah. he has to plug his ears so that he's not tempted to turn around. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm always... The heavy hitters in the book are <clears throat> kind of my... What I pull from a lot. Yeah. I like that I can use what I've learned from this book to pick out traits with people mm-hmm. more than I've ever been able to do before. Um, like with worldly wise man, talkative, uh, the, what was it? Buy-ins, I think. Yeah. Because the, the ones that are just kind of in your face, they're easy for everybody to pick up on. Mm-hmm. But talkative knew enough to talk about it, and worldly yeah. wise man knew how to talk, and mm-hmm. by ends knew what he was talking about specifically, yeah. and those were a lot harder to pick up on. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot more active listening, and we don't do that a lot anymore. 
Yeah. Well, also, we don't do a lot of actual reading either. True. To know what we're talking about. Yeah. We're working on that right now. To be able right to now. pick up on it. <laughs> like, you have to... You, I mean, and that's one thing. You, you have to know what you believe. You have to know the scripture if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up on people who are like that. Yeah. Um I don't know, um Apollyon was a big one. Mm-hmm. For me. He's kind of this underlying thing up until you meet him. Yeah. To me. Uh Yeah. There's a fighting with a principality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Valley of Humiliation. Humility. Yeah. Which is something that, that I wish was... And maybe in a different version. It's kind of expanded on as to, as to like, the history or, or of the Valley of Humiliation. Because I'm thinking about it as it's it's a place where everyone has to, has to trod. Like, you, you have to go through this valley at some point in your journey. To me, that... It, it's what a lot of people are afraid of. Humiliation. Is, is being humiliated, being made fun of because you're a Christian. People going, oh, oh, you believe that silly thing. Oh, really? You're that gullible? A lot of people don't want to hear that and they can't handle it. True. From... And you're, being, being a Christian, you're going to be. Yeah. You're going to be made fun of. And nowadays, you run the, the, um, into uh, the fact that some of the people that are doing that to you may know more about what you believe than you. Yeah. Because of how it's, it's preached, mm-hmm. not how it's taught. Yeah. Um, but for me, I get something different out of the Valley of Humiliation. Mm-hmm. Because I like, I like it where it's, referred to as the valley of humility Mm -hmm. that valley is to make you humble yeah not just to humiliate you and make you okay with somebody ridiculing you or whatever Mm -hmm. you have to be willing Mm -hmm. to be brought low yeah to go through that valley and that's hard Mm mm-hmm I I mean, that's something, I'm not going to lie, I struggle with being humble. We live in a society yeah. where strength is yeah. revered, not meekness. Yeah. And, and being humble and being proud of what you have. And that's that's more what the world tells you. Mm-hmm. So it, it that's what I got out of it. And it's hard to learn that. Mm-hmm. in our society because you have everything you could ever want mm-hmm. cheaply delivered to your door yeah it it doesn't take a whole lot for you to be proud of the things you have regardless of what level of society you are mm-hmm. um so the valley of humil- humiliation was one that kind of stuck with me because he had to be willing to be brought low. Mm-hmm. That low. Yeah. To his knees. For, to to pass through it. And that it's not him and his strength that's, that gets him through it. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know about you, but considering how it goes in the story, um, sometimes pride mm -hmm. being basically the opposite here. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have the pride smacked out of you. Yeah. Because you can't do it on your own. You're you're too proud to buy a used car when it's hard, it would be hard on your family if you didn't. Yeah. You're too proud to take a particular job or whatever. Yeah. Or um you're upset because you're deserving of the promotion. Mhm. Mm versus the other guy instead of just being thankful that you have a job. <laughs> Yeah. And that you have been provided for. Mm. Pride goes before the fall. Yeah. And sometimes we fall flat on our face and learn nothing. Mm-hmm. But everybody's so consumed with ha being happy. Finding happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of where we start to go wrong. Mm-hmm. We should not be seeking to be happy. At most, I would think that we should be seeking contentment. Mm -hmm. To be content with what God has provided you with. Yeah. To thank him for what you have now. Whether it's everything you ever dreamed of or not, you still have more than someone else. Yeah. You know, and I've heard people make the argument, well, what about the homeless person? Well... The homeless person may be homeless, but they may be healthy as a horse. Yeah. Compared to somebody in a mansion that is riddled with sickness. Everybody has something that someone else doesn't. And everybody yeah. has something that someone else wants. Mm-hmm. Even, like, to the, to the point, you, I mean, you can even argue the point that that homeless person has it better than that homeless person. Depending. Yeah, I, I mean, we're supposed to help the people that are downtrodden, but the problem with that is, is a lot of people now, they do it. They they do helpful things, not out of charity, but out of selfie, which is selfishness. They mm -hmm. want to take a selfie or they want to post about the good deed that they did on Facebook. Yeah. That's not charity. No. That's still vain glory. Yeah. And selfishness, which it pointed out pretty plainly in the book and I am grateful for the mm -hmm. vainglory information and everything but it's hard for us to be humble enough to help the downtrodden mm -hmm. to help the people that need it because we're so consumed with ourselves mm -hmm. how do you look at a person and empathize with them yeah I, I don't think it's hard if we relearn how to. I was, I will admit, I was not an empathetic person most of my life. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that certain things could get me worked up, mm -hmm. like in an, an anger kind yeah. of thing. But for the most part, I looked at it as 
you know, kind of like cosmic karma. You give what you get. Yeah. And you get what you give kind of deal, which I don't necessarily think is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Proverbs and all. <laughs> <laughs> you reap what you sow. Yeah. I was always just a hardcore, you reap what you sow, you know. And then when we had our little one, mm-hmm. I had the ability to empathize with people so much more. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know if it's just because of being a parent, but probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, I think probably one of the most difficult things for a human being to do is to step back from a situation and look at that situation through the eyes and experience of their opponent, of the other person. It's something that's a difficult pursuit to begin with. Never mind people actually wanting to take the time to do it. To see someone else's argument and why they have that that argument. Why they have the point of view that they have. Which is part of the... It's something that we used to be able to do. We used to do a lot. We don't do it anymore. And it's absolutely noticeable in the political climate, at the very least, that we have in this country today. No one wants to say, hang on a minute, let me look at this from their point of view. What has happened to them in their life? Why do why do they think this way? And if if everyone could do that, perhaps we could actually come to the table and resolve some of the issues that we have, rather than just bickering about the fact that we have the issue. See, and that's the other thing, is that without being able to empathize with somebody, you end up just bickering about the fact that you have an issue. Mm-hmm. And that's all you hear about today is that we talk about the issue. It's like we have an issue with the issue. Mm-hmm. No one... Looks for a solution. No one's looking for any solutions no. to any of these problems. They're talking points that get one person to vote for you versus another person to vote for you, mm-hmm. at least in a political climate. And... I agree with you with what you're talking about. The thing for me, it, I can look at, especially politicians, they're not that hard. Look at them and go, okay, whether or not they believe it or not, I see why they're saying they believe it. Mm-hmm. And I see where this led, could lead to this and this could lead to this. I see that. For me, mm-hmm. I can empathize with something going on a world away from a clip from the news. Yeah. Easier than I and easier than I can now someone I know. I I can do it with someone that's a stranger. I can do it with someone that's acquaintance that I just happen to hear about or happen to know about. I can do it on a parental level mm-hmm. with someone a lot of the time if I know them. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I've, you know, especially if they have kids that are younger. Because I've been there. I can, I've been there. I get it. 
or I can only imagine being in that situation. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time empathizing with, well, how can I say this? I have a hard time putting myself in the shoes of, I guess the only thing I can say that the ones I have in mind is, and there's several groups of people mm-hmm. at this point, that, and they, the only thing that they have in common really is I can't empathize and put myself in the shoes of friends of mine that are church-going Christians. People who know better? No, that's not even it. Well, part of it, you know, when I I look at their life and how they're acting, they Mm. should know better. They should know better. Mm. Well, then I have the, well, why don't they know better? Maybe it's a lack of teaching. Maybe it's a lack of reading on their part. Maybe they just need someone to talk to them to get the juices flowing, right? Mm -hmm. Because Christian and faithful and hopeful had so many discussions with so many people. Maybe that's what these people need. Mm -hmm. They need a discussion. And I've talked with lots of people about it. Free-flowing, easy to discuss different topics biblically or or this book. Mm -hmm. It's a good book to use. Yeah. And there's... Where I was thinking it's a lack of teaching or a lack of... We'll go with ignorance. Where it's an ignorance Mm -hmm. from the book. And all I find is... Yeah, it's ignorance, but they have no will to learn anything. Yeah. And so not only is their life, like I question things that you do Mm. and places you go and I can't put myself in their shoes. I can't figure it out. And I'll, I'll run my brain ragged. Trying, trying to figure out to figure out why would you do this? You're supposed to have the same values as me. You're supposed to believe the same things, at least roughly. Yeah. That we do. You know, some of these people don't have kids. Some of them are all about their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, okay. So we don't have the commonality of kids. That's fine. But we're roughly the same age, and yeah. the difference is is that they are currently going to a church. We're not. We tried and failed multiple times to find a church that would teach us teach us anything mm-hmm. instead of talk at us um, or want us really involved. Yeah. But I, I should be able to look at a person and go, okay, especially if we have the same value set. Yeah. This is why this happened. Oh, well, they, you know their work must have really pushed them over the edge or their, or this Mm. scenario must have really just affected them a lot. There's none of that. Yeah. It's just kind of blah. Yeah. And I'll try to come at it from different angles, but whether it's a parenting thing, whether it's just a a life decision or, or whatever, and Lord knows we've made our share of mistakes. Oh, for sure. And we're still learning from them. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't understand why I can't empathize with people I should have the same values 
with. Yeah. And that's probably what bothers me and concerns me the most about that because that's not even a valley of humiliation. There was no valley of frustration in the book. I mm. would vote for a valley of frustration. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. I'm I'm not quite um, able to understand willful ignorance myself. I don't understand it. I can understand if you're maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you haven't read that part yet, or or maybe you know something, but. When you know that you're supposed to view the world through the lens of the gospel and you choose not to know it. Or have or just go off of what somebody says. Yeah. How are you not thirsty? I can't understand it. You how I, I don't Cuz there's yeah, different it makes no sense. There's different categories of ignorance just like you're talking mm-hmm. about. Because you have people that, like you say, haven't read. We haven't read it all. Yeah. We don't know everything. We're not mm-hmm. trained in apologetics. Yeah. We're, we're trying to learn some. Yeah. But we're not well, road scholars. No. Maybe, and maybe it's not an issue that Bunyan dealt with a lot in his time, maybe. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing now. Maybe it's more of a problem now than it was then. Um, but if the story was written now, when Christian got to the wicket gate, there would have just been a crowd of people just hanging out. Yeah. Just chilling at the gate. Hadn't even knocked on the door yet. Or maybe there were some people who had and just kind of stepped through the, through the gate. And now they're hanging out on the other side. I have a, a theory of what, what should happen if we're going to apply, put this book in in this time frame. Mm-hmm. Before you get to the wicket gate, after Worldly Wise Man or whatever, mm-hmm. they need to put a Jesus theme park on the path. <laughs> like Vanity Fair, yeah, but Jesus theme park. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Bible theme park or whatever. You have made it. Yeah. Ta-da. You are now entertained by Jesus. Take mm-hmm. your ticket for the next engagement. <laughs> Please take your seats in an orderly fashion, and then in five minutes precisely stand up and shake your neighbor's hand. Yeah. I mean, it runs like that. It, yeah, it's spectacle. And, yeah. but as far as yeah. ignorance goes, there are people that don't know. It, it's We are people that don't yeah. know. We are still ignorant on things we by no means know it all yeah it's impossible to know it all but i i can empathize with someone who maybe came to their faith and lost it because something happened in their life i can empathize with that mm-hmm. i can i can talk to that person about that mm-hmm. someone that read it i don't believe they actually read it when they say they do and then said that they didn't believe it and weren't changed by it. Mm-hmm. But they they know they know what they believe or don't believe. Yeah. I guess my biggest problem is with the will for willful ignorance of people that just don't care. Yeah. And that's why I guess I a lot of the time, most of it is other Christians. 
or yeah. professing, other professing Christians yeah. that typically are church going. Yeah, well, what you get then is that it's the same thing of, you know, keeping up this appearance. You don't, I don't actually want to do the work. I don't actually want to walk the narrow path. I don't want to do that. I don't actually want to do any of these things, but I'll do just enough that keep that gives me a good image in the community. By ends. Yeah. So not just for prosperity gospel then. So by ends and his friends could apply to more than just that then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, this has helped me. This book has helped me tremendously as I'll far as... Well getting further along in my faith and helping Mm -hmm. me want to understand more about scriptures Mm -hmm. and to continue what we started the podcast with, with first Peter and being able to explain the hope that you have. Yeah. And I I think that that's, if I have to take anything from the past weeks on this, it's that I find myself more and more frustrated Mm -hmm. with, I don't even... Is lukewarm the right term here? Lukewarm Christians? They're Christian in name, and maybe they're nicer than some other people, but... I suppose. They try to do certain things, but then they don't try in other ways, or they don't care to learn. Here's my question, though. Just because you believe that... Just because you believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins and that there is a this I, the the trinity and and all of the all of the this stuff if you're not practicing if you're not in pursuit if you're not walking that path are you a christian I read something about that today actually are you just you just a person that believes these certain things the thing that was it was literally about this Mm-hmm. What I read. And the thing that stuck out the most to me when I read it was, if you think that believing in Jesus, believing in Jesus is mm-hmm. all that you have to do, then I would like to point out to you that, I believe it was in James, mm-hmm. James makes a point of telling you that the demons even believe in Jesus. Yeah. And know who he is. Mm-hmm. And what he did. There's more to it than just that. Yeah. There are plenty of people who believe he was a prophet. There are plenty of people who believe that he existed. There are plenty, there's plenty of that. Mm -hmm. But you have to be transformed by this knowledge. You are, you have found your salvation in Christ. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you are supposed to be reborn as he was, transfigured into a new person that strives to be more like Christ every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. To spread his love and word and compassion Mm -hmm. every day. When Jesus in your heart, which asking him into your heart is not actually biblical. Yeah. But as far as God residing in you, that's more what it means is that Mm -hmm. 
once you come to understand your salvation, now you go about showing the love that he showed you. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you don't if you don't do that and if you under, if you understand that to be I'm just nice to people, that's not just love. Yeah. Being nice isn't the same as love. Mm-hmm. Because I can be nice to somebody and not help them. Yeah. I can let this person walk off a cliff and not tell them they're going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Because if I do, it'll mess up my day. I'll be late or whatever. Yeah. That's, I'm not being mean, quote unquote. I'm not interfering in their life. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. If you're not actively trying to help the people in your life understand and find salvation for eternity because you don't want to hurt feelings, yeah, that's not kind. That's not loving. No. It's pretty much the opposite because obviously you're not working to care for the person. Mm-hmm. And their eternal soul and well-being. If you're not helping the Christians along by pointing out, hey, you kind of strayed off the path there. Let me prod you back onto the way a Mm -hmm. little bit. At least tell them. Whether or not they want to hear it, that's on them. And whether or not they want to do something about it, that's on them. Mm -hmm. But if you're not trying to help them, Christian or not, how loving are you being? Yeah. All because of civility. Yep. And morality. And legality. Mm-hmm. So let's try to circle back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this kind of, yeah. I mean, this is kind of what we intended to do, yeah. but it's been a little, we go a little ways into the weeds and then, then we back. veer back a little bit and then do it again. So <laughs> let's try to at least get back on the path. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to kind of go back to the house of the interpreter. Okay. What, what stood out the most for you? Cause it's kind of a foreshadow. It's, it's teaching some lessons here. Yeah. But it's, it's also foreshadowing the rest of the book. It is before foreshadowing was a thing. Um, but to me, it was lessons being taught so that, because they knew Mm -hmm. he would go through those situations and he needed the lessons. Um, I don't know to me, the one I always liked the most was the fireplace. Yeah. I like the dusty room. Mm-hmm. The kids with the whining, crying, and whatnot, they get on my nerves. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> the now, now, now kid yeah. gets on my nerves. Um, I understand why it's there. <laughs> but it is not my favorite. Patience and passion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I think the fireplace is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Because I see that analogy played out today mm-hmm. a lot. And I think that 
the enemy is winning. For a lot of people. Yeah. At this point. I mean, I know that he he wins battles from time to time in people's lives. He will not win the war. We know this. Mm-hmm. But it's really discouraging to see mm-hmm. so many people just... I mean, it, it's it's maybe, their faith is maybe embers. Maybe. If not completely doused. Well, if it's doused, then they have no faith. There's a lot of people that are Fair. agnostic, atheist, whatnot, that have no faith in God. Question then becomes, did they ever? Well, it kind of alludes to me the fact that you're supposed to stay... In the Word. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yes. And this is not something that is necessarily taught to people when they decide to start this journey. Like, this is something you will do for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You don't just... Show up on Sundays. You don't just say this one prayer this one time, dunk your head under the water this one time, and show up on Sundays. Like, this is an everyday thing of praise and learning and Mm -hmm. growing and praying yeah and when you don't when you don't spend when you don't spend every day in the word you're not getting that oil no that oil is not being put on the fire for you so what do you expect to happen well you have to even know one, either the analogy or the have the understanding of the terminology set on fire for yeah. Christ. Yeah. You have to understand those. And a lot of people probably don't now. Mm-mm. No. I mean, those are some old school revival style preaching terms right there. Yeah. You don't... Church is at best nice with a small percentage of it being fire and brimstone Mm -hmm. and an even smaller percentage of it probably being what you really need to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're they're very few and far between. We've looked. We haven't found it yet. (laughs) It's hard to find. And that says volumes in a country that is supposed to be a Christian nation. Yeah. Well, see, we, we listen to... We listen to C.S. Lewis... um, where he talks about chivalry. Yeah. The other night. And that is something that, um, by and large, is dead. Chivalry is dead? Um, there are a couple a couple of groups, a couple of As a woman, I think who, I can say that feminist, third wave feminism killed it. Chivalry. I, because I now men fair. can't, it's bad to hold yeah. open a door. It's bad to be courteous to a woman. Yeah. It's bad to... Give up your seat to a pregnant lady. It's bad. It's looked down on. And I'm like, it's just being nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea is, um, and there's a couple of, there's a couple of groups, a couple of people who still, they push this, this fighter and a lover being both kind of an, and that's the, uh, the general idea of chivalry. Who pushes that? that? That a good man is both like, Lancelot or a knight or, or whoever is both 
Loving. ferocious on the battlefield and completely comfortable with what he has to do with what he has to do and then is also the gentlest and most kind person when Curious. he's at home with his family or around women or children both both of those things and mm-hmm. both of those things aren't taught no for a christian for from a christian point of view you are supposed to be both of those things. You are both supposed to be as compassionate to everyone as you could possibly can be and be able to empathize and and help the help whoever needs help. Also, you're supposed to be constantly ready for battle. Spiritually especially. Yeah. Because Always. somebody arguing with you isn't necessarily somebody arguing with you. Yeah. You you you're constantly and i especially in in the this this day and age you're constantly at 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 war with being shown this this image being shown this image people talking about this political issue people this talking music. about this this music over here this over here it's a constant fight just to stay on task mhm yeah, I fail at that daily. Like when you're not taught that, when you don't spend your spend time every day in the Word, where you're not gonna have armor. Yeah, you haven't put it on. No. You haven't stoked that flame. You haven't done any of that work. Nope. To prepare yourself for those things, so inevitably, what is going to happen? Is that you're going to lose that fight. You're going to lose this battle. And then this battle. And so on and so forth. Until you get to a point where you've lost the entire war. You've lost completely. Yeah. And now. Assuming that you realize it. Which I don't think most people do. They just get comfortable. They find a seat along the path. And they go. Well. I made it this far. I think I'll sit down right here. Yep. And that's it. That's what they do. And that's that's the entire point. And they talk to people about their journey and their faith as they walk by them. Yeah. I mean, even going into um, like other books that we're going to get into, like the Screwtape Letters. I can't wait to do the that. The point, one. if you can't keep, like, if, if they can't keep you from believing there's a God... They'll distract you they from can, learning about him. They can certain, yeah. They can certainly distract you, or get you to sit down, or th- or think about it's time to go to lunch. Let's think about this later. How hungry are you? You know, they don't. They don't have to get you to not go to church. They just have to get you to go to a church where nothing's really. It's not active. Nothing's really tall. Yeah. Yeah, it's not hard. Mm-mm. Nowadays, they're a dime a dozen. You know. I mean, and that may be harsh to say, but they are. Yeah. They are. Because if you get somebody that's good at pre- at preaching, mm-hmm. are they teaching? Probably not. If you get somebody that's a good teacher-style pastor, mm-hmm. are they holding people accountable? When was the last time you went to a church where the pastor knew everyone enough to hold them accountable? 
yeah, in the congregation. That's For me, my, never. That's my point. Yeah. They're so big that you can't help. Mm-hmm. You can't know a person from the pulpit. Yeah. And if that's all that they're getting, they're not learning. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy because that's what I was going to ask, actually, because we've you talked about reading and being in the Word and how to put your armor on. That's stoking fire with the oil. Mm-hmm. That's your best defense. And you touched on some things that I would dare say douse it. Yeah. Let, let me preface this real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like, it's not, I'm not saying that it's you that's stoking the fire. No. But you have to be present. Yeah. For Christ to stoke it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be around for him to be able to throw the oil onto the fire. If you don't want to be there, it's not going to happen. Mm-mm. You have to put in a little bit of effort. Yeah. Like, you can't. No, you cannot cause salvation on your own. You can't. Only God, only Christ can do that for you. He saved you. But you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. To find your salvation, keep your salvation. Yeah. <laughs> keep stoking your, sal- your salvation in your life. That is absolutely all you. If it's you don't a choice. Want, yeah, if you don't want to be with God or be in God's presence... He's not going to make you. Mm-mm. If you don't want to love him, he's not going to make you. Nope. He hasn't made anybody yet. There's lots of examples of that in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He'd but. give them a chance, give them a chance, and then yeah. eventually all their choices and all their decisions, it's just like, nope, you're in exile again. Mm-hmm. You reap what you sow. Yeah. Basically. And, you know... People were like, well, that's not loving. Well, the people that were supposed to love him didn't exactly follow the rules. Yeah. And do just, like, do what he says. Just do what he says. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, shouldn't be that hard, but it is hard for humans. But, mm-hmm. and everybody, I've heard people argue, well, that's not a loving God. To whose perspective? Yeah. How long did he wait before he allowed that to happen? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How many chances were there before he allowed that to happen? Mm-hmm. And I know I say a lot that I look at it as a parent perspective. Mm-hmm. How many times am I going to let my child do something, whether it's bad behavior, whether it's a bad habit, whatever? Maybe I've tried to correct it myself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's one of those things that they're just dead set on doing, and the only way that they're going to learn is by trying to walk on the balance beam and stand on it with one foot and Mm. then falling two inches off the ground, you know, like losing their balance a little bit, whether or not they have to fall, fall or whether it just, Mm -hmm. they just have to waver to notice Yeah. or they fall off the bike because they took the training wheels off and they shouldn't have Mm -hmm. it. Sometimes that's the only way you learn. And most parents are like, they yeah. tell you repeatedly, repeatedly, how many prophets were sent. How yeah. many judges were sent <laughs> to yeah. tell you to clean up your act. So it, it is very similar to, you, you can compare it to being a parent mm-hmm. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't need to take your training wheels off yet. 
told you you don't need to take your training wheels off yet. Yeah. You're really not ready for your training wheels to be off yet. Well, that's certainly something that, that because you hear people talk about, oh, my child is such a gift. My child was given to me by God. My child is a gift from God, which is certainly true. Yeah. We don't really think about the gift, the other gift that you're given when you're given a child, which is perspective. Yeah. It gives you a whole new one. Mm Mm-hmm. Of, of God and how he is throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives you a whole new perspective for why things happen the way that they do. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing is, is talking about parents. I mean, Christian was a parent. He did the hardest thing imaginable for himself, but also... To pave a way and make a way for his family, mm-hmm. for his children. Nowadays, can we say that more often than not? I mean, I'm not trying to bash or anything or, or be any particular way, but my I knew the moment we had her that my greatest calling in this world was her. Mm-hmm. Teaching her bringing her up the best way that I know how. Yeah. And that's that's why I am as interested in history and education as I am now. Yeah. I was not interested in education prior. Mm-hmm. I was interested in history because I've always been a history nerd. Yeah. But just I, I can't understand the mindset of people nowadays. It goes back to the the not on fire Christian that may be yeah. a parent you know that you're if if you know the word at all mm-hmm. it tells you that you are supposed to train them up in the way they should go and they will not depart from it mm-hmm. and that you are to put these things that God has commanded you these laws and the things that he teaches you're supposed to teach them to them when you lie down and when you rise up in your house and when you're walking, like basically you are supposed to, you are charged with this child. Yeah. You cannot make them be saved, but you can certainly help them get to the gate. Yeah. And that is, it is a major part of it. Mm-hmm. So why do we give them over to other people? That's a very good question. I I can't understand it, other than well, we give them undermining over. the family and undermining mm-hmm. teaching the next generation of Christians. Yeah. They're very sly. Oh, very. Things are are a lot more yeah. subtle in a spiritual battle than yeah. I think people realize, and that's what I've come to understand through learning mm-hmm. the history of how our education system is now. Mm -hmm. Our education is constantly failing public school-wise. And everybody's always saying, well, we need to fix it. We need to do this. The only examples I've ever heard of fixing it is pay teachers more. Yeah. Which teachers are worth a ton. Oh, for sure. They're not given the ability to teach most of the time the way that they know they need to be able to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that that's one of the things that I find so absolutely hilarious, is that as a as a Christian, 
as a person, as a parent, as a parent, you hand your child over to be taught by other people, right? Mm-hmm. And then you complain about how they're being taught or that they're not being taught what they need to be taught. That they have homework. What is wrong with you? That they have this. That they aren't at grade level, quote yeah. unquote. That they aren't this or that they're this or that they act a certain way or that they... You're splitting your child's allegiances. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. I totally, I totally... I'm a product of public school. Yeah. My parents couldn't afford to send me to a private school. Yeah. Charter schools weren't that big of a thing. No, not yet. And, but, I could have been homeschooled. Yeah. I could have been. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> it's it's a thing of, and may, maybe I'm wrong here, so maybe you can tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. A lot of people, what I've heard from a lot of people is we can't afford to do that. We can't afford to homeschool. We can't afford to not have one parent working or both parents. We can't afford to have, to not have both parents working. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because with our parents' generation, that was the first generation where we had most, mostly both parents outside of the home. So, therefore, this standard of living and standard of practice has been, okay. it's, it's a uh, so we've, social We've become construct. acute because we as adults have become accustomed to this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to give that up for my child. Yeah, it's it's a sacrifice. People don't look at it as they look at we can't make it instead of sacrificing in this manner. Yeah. I I agree with you. I've I heard mean, a lot of people say that. And there may that. be people who say you know, who who do the, the who do the you shouldn't judge lest you be judged. And that's not what it says or means. I know that. But What are you, here's the question. If you're sending your child to school to be taught a secular education and then complaining about the secular education, what did you think was going to happen when your child grows up and then goes off to college to receive more secular education, more than likely, and then they come back, they're not in the faith, they don't believe they're they're a completely different person than the person who left, who you struggled to keep at least as close to the path as you could the entire time that they were in public school. You struggled. Yeah, but what does that even look like now? Sunday <laughs> school and and camp a couple in the hours summer? a day and to to a couple hours at the end of each day, and then maybe some on the weekends because people are so glued to their phones now. That seems like a lot for. I mean, let's. I I don't even know if that's happening most of the time. I don't know, but 
what what did you think what did you think was going to happen when when you noticed these things and decided not to sacrifice parts of your life so that you could give them the best upbringing that you possibly could well i've heard several different reasons that that is a prominent reason it is i can understand if you're in a situation at the moment we can't afford not to both be working right now because we have a house payment we have this we have that but you can certainly work towards that goal of getting to private school get getting to a place to where you can have a good education that is an admirable goal to work towards for your child yeah whether yeah. you whether you have to any endeavor really for your child yeah it it I, I ne- i've never understood and i really didn't understand it before even before I had kids, although I didn't recognize it as much. Yeah. Well, when it's, well, I have a life too. That drives me that, crazy. That whole thing. I don't, then why, then why did you have a child? Why? That is something, and it's, but it's something, that is something that is pushed in your face constantly. You even have you even have books and television programs that say, yeah, you, know, you know that you have a life. You need a break from your child. You needed this. You needed that. Why? <laughs> what? What? And maybe it's just an us thing. Maybe it's just a me thing. <laughs> like when I decided to have a, a kid after six years of marriage. I was done being me. Being me didn't work. Well, you weren't the only one with deciding that, first of all. Well, yeah, but... And even though I didn't know as much as I do now about education here, I knew enough then that I was already telling you, homeschool is what's happening. Yeah. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And we were always kind of on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There's, I mean, there are several different reasons I hear people say they don't homeschool. One is, like you have said, they need two incomes. Mm. You need two incomes. I, it, it's, it's not everybody can do that if you're in a lot of debt, obviously, I know. Yeah. But there are things, there are people that, in some of the groups that I'm a part of where the dad and the mom work different shifts mm-hmm. and that way that whichever one's home does the work with the kids yeah, and then vice versa. They make that work. There's other they, people yeah. that do it just on the weekends. There's other people that do it in the evenings when they get home and they have a family member that just stays with the kid and takes some places or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of different options. The one that I hear a lot as well is I couldn't be home with my kids all day or I couldn't teach them. Well, those are probably the next two. Mm -hmm. One, if you can't stand to be home with your children all day, why did you have them? Yeah. There's no other question. 
other than that. Yeah. You had them, and then they were in daycare, and then they were in somebody else's care as soon as possible. What, yeah. like, I don't... Oh, so what you're saying is you're more concerned with living your best life than... I, I by no means am an advocate saying... being a good parent. I'm not saying that, like... I'm not yeah. one of those people that says women can't work. I don't believe that it says that. Yeah. I don't believe that it says that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that it says you can't work after you have children. Yeah. I do believe that it says, and is pretty clear, that your children and their education and ultimate goal here, mm-hmm. them finding salvation and living a Christ-like life, that's the ultimate goal and that's your ultimate purpose mm-hmm. while they're in your care. Yeah. That's your charge. Now, for the people that say they can't teach. First of all, we have the internet now. I couldn't imagine the people that took it upon themselves 20, 30 years ago mm-hmm. to try to homeschool yeah. with just the library. <laughs> <laughs> but props to them. I mean, for real. I by no means am an expert in every field. I like mm-hmm. history, I like studying the Bible, and I'm good at practical math and I'm I'm pretty good at English. Yeah. Science? Eh, I can do okay with natural science. Mm-hmm. Not not my favorite thing, not the easiest thing for me to learn. Our she loves science. So mm-hmm. I find lots of resources and stuff for her. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. She loves it, so she works towards it. Yeah. On her own. And I learn things. <laughs> <laughs> but My biggest argument, for the most part, considering a vast majority of the people that are now having children are public school educated. Mm -hmm. If you want to look at me and say your reason for not homeschooling your child is because you're not smart enough, therefore you put them in the same system that made you not smart enough for a seven-year-old. Yeah. That argument doesn't really hold. Especially when it seems to be that the education system is getting worse. It is getting worse. The, there's there's pushes in different directions. There's pushes away from histories and things that can build a, yeah. a whether or not it's Christian or not, at least a moral bedrock mm-hmm. um, of being kind and respectful and things like that. That's not being taught fighting for things that matter, which is a lot of what you learn in history. Not yeah. everything, but but fighting for causes and for other people and mm-hmm. and for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> freedom of religion, going to throw that in there, mm-hmm. and, and freedom of the press and, and everything else. I, you're not taught that. You're not taught to be grateful that you have it mm-hmm. if you live in the U.S. Yeah. And That's apparent. So... You have all of these things that are missing from an education now versus when we were in school. Mm-hmm. And they've just replaced it. The money that goes in doesn't go to really change anything. It goes to adding tech to it. Yeah. So now there's more STEM classes or there's tablets in every room. Yeah. To learn basically the same thing just on a tablet instead of with a book. So that I mean those are the three main arguments that I hear people yeah. give when they say that mm-hmm. they're not 
Well, it, it kind of goes back to the, to the thing of if you want to set that as a goal, the only thing keeping you from achieving that goal is you. The only thing keeping us from homeschooling our little one was us. Mm-hmm. And Funny our, thing. Either, either our unwillingness to sacrifice mm-hmm. our lives, mm-hmm. things that we liked, or an unwillingness to actually put in the hard work to be able to do it. Well, it's certainly Period. a fun, funny thing. And what's, what's hilarious, real quick, what's hilarious is that we struggled. Yeah. And we fought. Mm-hmm. And went through hard times. Well, what's hilarious is that with all of the sacrifices and things that we've made... Um, for our child, look, God, we are way better off yeah. than we were. Mm-hmm. Way better off than we were. We understand before. what we need versus what we want. We can look at things. We're still working on that. We're still For not sure. that great at it. For sure. But we're better about it than we were. Yeah. We made a lot of hard, hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and... To me, the irony of this is that, because I worked, I worked full time when I was pregnant with her, and for, I had always planned on going back to work for, my, my goal was five years, okay, and I worked at home. So you'd think that would be better. But it, it's really not. It added a lot more stress than it was. Yeah. I was not ready to go back to work when I had to go back to work. Emotionally, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single day I was miserable. I was, I was in the same house. But mm-hmm. I wasn't the one taking care of my child. Yeah. I was miserable. So my prayer became, please help me be able to homeschool her when she's of age. That mm-hmm. was... Or, or or let me be able to homeschool her when she's when it's time for school, right? Mm-hmm. Let me be able to homeschool her when it's time for school. That's my prayer. Miserable as I was. And and asking for a different job. Yeah. <laughs> so I I wasn't even back at work maybe three months. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things happened and ended up that I ended up without a job. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happened, because it was just out of the blue, as soon as it happened, I knew Mm -hmm. that my prayer was answered. It wasn't answered in the way that I was hoping and expecting. (laughs) And it threw us for a whirlwind. Yeah. But I took that to mean you are to take care of her and teach her now. Mm -hmm. Now, you're supposed to be with her now and taking care of her. And you'll, I'll keep you afloat. And he did. Mm -hmm. It was really hard on all of us. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't either. I get one life with her. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine giving away 40 hours a week of that time with her. 
to where someone else gets to enjoy the firsts with her and the excitement of learning a new thing and getting to make cookies Mm -hmm. because I come home from a job and I'm tired and there she's tired from school and I really don't want to do anything after I've done dance and after I've done running around for groceries and running around for errands. I don't want to cook cookies. I don't want to do anything. I've got three hours until bedtime. Yeah. And that's the way it's looked at. And we all sit down and maybe check out something on TV Mm -hmm. for the couple of hours. And then we do it again. Yeah. And then we do it again. Five days a week. And then on the weekends, everybody's tired, and we just kind of chill out, or maybe we go do something fun, who knows, mm-hmm. for two days, if there's not extracurriculars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and lots of kids like extracurriculars. I don't have anything, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have anything to really say bad about it. I just mean, you are 40 hours of your time is already gone yeah. with that person. That you were given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll never get that back. Nope. So, if it's truly a gift, is something to be valued. I completely agree. So, I want to be the one doing the valuing. <laughs> and teaching the values as best as I possibly can. So I think we kind of need to bring this back around. We've we've gotten <laughs> off into the weeds again. Let's let's bring it back around. I think what we'll have to do, what we'll have to do is after we do part two, uh-huh. is is then do an overview because <laughs> this was definitely more of a rabbit hole. <laughs> well, we said we were going to kind of use it to, yeah. Because that's the thing about great books, and that's the thing about even the Bible. Mm-hmm. It sparks conversation. Yeah. And helps you learn. Mm-hmm. Starting from a principle. Yeah. Starting from a value. Starting from something that you've learned that's biblical. Mm-hmm. And it gets you talking about things, whether they're in the world or they're in your life. Yeah. So, it, it's pointless without practical application. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I think that our all of our rabbit trails and rabbit holes and in the weeds are kind of normal. Yeah. Normal. Um, one thing like I do want to, I do want to touch on as far as the house of the interpreter real quick is the dusty room. Yeah. That one stood out for me. Um, the idea that this dude comes in uh, and he starts sweeping the floor, and he just kicks up all this dust, which makes everyone start to choke. Yeah. Um, until a lady comes through and sprinkles the water on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then the then they're allowed to to sweep up the dust without it getting in the air. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be. representative of you trying to clean up your life without the aid of God. Yeah. Right. You're you're just, all you're doing is trying to be good. Yeah. You're kicking up dust. You're choking on it. 
you're moving the dirt around from place to place. Yeah. You're not actually getting anything done. Nope. Would like to point out, though, the man didn't know how to clean the room, but the woman did. Just gonna say. <laughs> Just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Women know how to do the cleaning most of the time. <laughs> That's why I do it and you don't. This is true. <laughs> but there's there's so many think about how many self help books there are. Oh, there's tons of self help books and then there's Christian self help books. About how yeah. And improvement books. When all the entire idea, or by and part, the idea of, of being a Christian, being religious, is the fact that you're not you're not using your wisdom to clean up your life per se. Yeah. You're 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 supposed to you're supposed to use God's wisdom, mm-hmm. which is given to us through the Bible. Yeah. And how many people just either don't try to clean up their room at all, mm-hmm. or they're just constantly sweeping dust from place to place, place to place. They're just moving it around. Not progressing. Not progressing. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to learn how to clean. Yeah. That's the thing. If you've never learned how to clean, how do you clean it up? Yeah. Do you go and wipe the window down with a Kleenex when it's dirty? Probably not going to work too well. But if I tell you to take Windex and some paper towels to the window, Mm -hmm. you spray it and then... Because i got to give you instruction, too. Yeah. You don't hit the window with the Windex bottle. We don't wipe it and then spray it. <laughs> you just you gave squirt this image bottle. Of, I have this wipe. image of a child just beating <laughs> this window with the bottle. Going, how's this helping? I don't understand. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can't, like, yeah. it's not just giving you the tools. That's the thing. God didn't just give you the Bible. It, mm-hmm. it, look at the progression of it throughout history. Yeah. The word has been given to us throughout history, progressing throughout history, mm-hmm. up until the point of completion. To where then it was in three, roughly, languages. At least parts of it were in three, rough, three languages. Mm-hmm. Then it's put into a common tongue of Latin. Common mm-hmm. for the people that can learn it. Yeah. In an illiterate society. But still in a a common dialect. Then it's spread out into different ones. And people then have a reason to want to read it. Mm -hmm. And and learn to read. They're they're given the tools. Mm -hmm. And the instructions. Yeah. Not one or the other. You need both. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Because if I just give the kid a window, Windex bottle and paper towels and say, clean the window, and they've never done it before, that's just going to be a headache for the mom. Just going to say. Yeah. Because they're going to spray the cat or <laughs> <laughs> they're going to hit the window with it and go, what's this do? Or they're going to wipe it first and then there's squirts. There's just squirts of Windex yeah. on the window. They're running around, you know, mm-hmm. squirting a cat for the dog <laughs> in the face. No, they're not. I'm kidding. That never happened. I wouldn't let my kid near Windex, just to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to clean the window because I know that that is a bad idea to give a kid anything that squirts that's inside. Just saying. Mm. Horrible idea. <laughs> but you have to give them tools and instructions, and we have been gifted with both tools and instructions. We can read. Mm. We can read. That is a tool. We have a largely literate populace. Mm-hmm. We don't read it. We have the tool to do it. And we have the instructions that we can learn using the tool. And vice versa. Like, they, they play off each other. Yeah. Your mind grows through reading mm. the instructions. It just isn't happening. <laughs> but... I don't know about you. We've kind of covered a lot of random Stuff. things <laughs> that vaguely relates to Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. That are jumping off points from Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Do you think we have vaguely covered enough things considering we did more detail and more vague things in all of the other episodes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> certainly, I think that everyone should read the book. Yes. I think that... Everyone should read it. Everyone should give it to yeah. somebody for Christmas. More than likely want to give it as a gift in modern English. Just just saying. Mm. Just saying. Unless you're wanting to try to break somebody in <laughs> on old English. <laughs> but if you're going to give it as a gift, I would definitely go with the modern English one. Um... I think that I think that everyone should read it. Um, Especially new Christians. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good for all. Yeah. It helps you grow on your journey. It's not I can't I can't think of a reason and I tried. <laughs> Aside from just not wanting to. To put in the work and the being effort. Being lazy. Aren't those the same? Well, I mean, there's... You can not want to do something and not be lazy about it. Like, you can just... Well, I really don't feel like that's something I want to do. Okay. You know, and then there's... Well, I should probably read it, but I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then that becomes a week. And that becomes a month. A month. And then several. Procrastinating. Being lazy. Never getting around to it. You know, I can't... Other than those two... Other than things to do with the reader, like, I can't think of a reason why not to read the book. Yeah, I agree. Um, all it can... All it can possibly do, especially for a Christian, is help you. Yeah. Yeah. I... I can say that. Help me. 
helped you know. everyone that we've gotten to read it. And I can't, far. like, I don't know if I've touched, I can't remember whether I've, I've brought this up before, is that I can't help but think that the book is, at the very least, inspired. Yeah. Divinely inspired. Whether it's He's, through the word he was inspired to have this dream you know, and story and his learning, whether he, it's through his life, whatever. Yeah. He goes to prison for... 12 years, I believe. 12 years for preaching the gospel because he feels that he's called to. Mm-hmm. He goes to prison for it. And while he is in prison, this is what comes out of him. Uh-huh. And then people have to convince him to have it published. Yeah. He went back and forth on it. And then when he has it published, the publisher is like, what is this? And he's like, nothing really important. Yeah. You know, and it explodes Mm -hmm. into the most popular English book ever written. Ever. (laughs) How is that not... I hope that it regains some popularity. Yeah. Because it certainly is... I hope so. A fantastic book and a fantastic resource for Christians. I'm very picky about my books that Mm -hmm. aren't the Bible to help on Mm -hmm. my journey. This is one that goes on the shelf. Oh, for sure. For me. And I'm, I'm positive that it's a book, at least for me, that will continue to get read. Yeah. It's one of those that you just continuously go back to. You know. Keeps you on the path. When, yeah, well, that. But also, it's a, just a good read. Yeah. It just really is a good read. Um, and if, like it's described in in the book, if if the Bible and it, and the wisdom within it are map, mm-hmm. you would I I am at least hard pressed to find a better key to understand that map. Mm-hmm. Well. A lot of stuff was written that was good that was put into the Bible while the person was in prison. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there is that parallel as well. This is true. So do you think we have covered everything? Have you said everything you would like to say about the book for our kind of not on point, vaguely related to Pilgrim's Progress episode? Yeah. 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 Till we come back to it for part two. Yeah, for part two. We're going to have to take a break for a little bit so we can get back in the Word. Yeah. But I know I haven't closed with a quote in a while because there was just too much by John Bunyan that was quotable. Mm-hmm. But I have found something that I would like to quote. This quote is by the Prince of Preachers himself, Charles Spurgeon. And what he said was, Remember John Bunyan 
when he refused to give up preaching. They put him in prison and said to him, Mr. Bunyan, you can come out of prison whenever you will promise to cease preaching the gospel. He said, if you let me out of prison today, I will preach again tomorrow by the grace of God. Well, said they, then you must go back to prison. And he answered, I will go back and stay there if need be till the moss grows on my eyelids, but I will never deny my master. Hmm. And I just thought that that quote really summed up how immensely powerful this book is. Yeah. So, with that being said, this is the end of the episode if and the end of the series. Mm-hmm. So, if you'd like to check out any of the other episodes, please feel free. Write, write us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, that helps with the rankings, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. See what we're up to. Uh, And, of course, if you do want to purchase the book or you would like to give it as a gift with Christmas coming up, it would make a fantastic gift that can help somebody on their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, We have links in the description um, for you to check out their Amazon links. We're Amazon affiliates, which means that if you do any Amazon shopping through these links, not even of the stuff that we have listed, any Amazon shopping through this links, they will pay us a commission at no additional cost to you guys, and it helps support the show. So um, we really appreciate everyone who has helped support the show that way. Thank you very, very much. We are working on some additional things for you guys. Maybe a YouTube channel. Maybe a couple mm-hmm. of other things. We'll see mm-hmm. how tech-savvy we are, actually. <laughs> no promises yet. Working on it. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, until next time, keep wandering through the word, pilgrims.